This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. As ever, it's a wonderfully warm welcome to uh, the Chelsea legend that is Kerry Dixon for the Kerry Dixon Show, which, as you all know by now, is in association with ChelseaFan12.com, the home of the 12th man, the fan. And if you check their website out, you'll find stunning amounts of memorabilia, signed shirts, signed boots, some from Kerry, people like Frank Lampard, Bobby Tambling current players you name it it's fantastic and they've got lots of news on the site as well as videos uh including their uh the video they record after each home game with uh, gary chivers and the wonderful ron harris uh at the butcher's hook pub so check that out as well and of course you can follow them uh you can uh, follow them on twitter at fan 12 chelsea so there you go thanks to them as always kerry how are you mate you well yes i'm fine thank you i'm glad to see a little bit of sunshine uh Although uh, bad weather's forecast the weekend, but, uh, at the moment it's quite bright and uh, quite clear where I am. Good for you, yeah. Likewise here. Indeed. Likewise here, but it is it is going to snow, they reckon, at the weekend. So wrap up warm, people. Um, right. Well, we'll we've got to kick off with the Barcelona game, really. Um, you know, my thoughts on that immediately, Kerry. Where we can't really argue with the team he picked at all. Uh, you know, he picked Giroud up front, which is what many people were, were asking for. He didn't play a false number nine or Hazard in that role. So, you know, no complaints there. I mean, ultimately, mate, it, it seems that crucial mistakes cost us. And, I mean, conceding after two minutes can't help, can it? No, it can't. It makes life uh, tough if it were tough already. Um, I fully believed, and I still, well, I believe, and I, I believed before, and, and, and it was proved right afterwards that it's going to be tough to go to the new camp and expect to win. Um, we had to take something. Really, uh, we took something. We took a draw, and a, a home one-all draw to, back 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 there. But it realistically was an uphill task from after the result in the first leg. And you know, they say the mistake, uh, the catalogue of mistakes in the first leg um, that led to the equalising goal put us on the back foot. 
Um, it didn't really give us anything to allow that one mistake in the new camp. And ultimately we paid, but um, we put up a decent performance in lieu of, you know, what everyone's saying is, is quite correct in lieu of what happened with Manchester United. And, you know, it has happened to us as well. You know, I, I thought there's been games this season and we've tried to stifle teams. It hasn't quite worked. And, you know, we, we, we go out of games, in a, well, with a whimper rather than a, a bit of a growl and go down fighting as such. But um, we had a decent go. I thought we we were up against it. I thought we played okay. Um, if you can say we played okay with a 3 0 beating. Um, Lionel Messi was absolutely different class on the night. You know, world class players are capable of these performances and capable of making things happen in the big games. Um, we look to our world class players, and I think, you know, we look at Eden Hazard and, you know, William has produced some world class moments. I'm not saying he's world class generally, but, you know, Eden Hazard is our world class player. and. You know, I have to say, as much as a bigger fan I am, he come up a little bit short in, in, in these big games. You know, it, you get judged on them. And, you know, depending on where you want to go in your league, in your life and where you want to go in your football career and how you want to be judged, <clears throat> the terminology world-class is, is born out of coming to life in, in big games as well as, you know, being a flat-track bully, if you like. And, you know, I'm afraid Eden didn't quite perform and, and one of the best players in the world and one of the best players of all time did perform once again and uh, you know how many times you see Cristiano Ronaldo do it for Real we have got one I think in the making um, but he's got to go on and, and, and prove it in the big games ultimately I'm not looking at blaming Eden Hazard um, the team and the club went out as a club and uh, we went out over two legs but I thought we did okay I think that's interesting about Hazard, isn't it? And I, I, again, you know, I love him to pieces and very much hope that he doesn't disappear off to Real Madrid this summer. But I think, you know, that's a fair point. You know, he hasn't really done it in the big games for us and, and he had a prime opportunity to do so on Wednesday and, and really was quite, you know, absent, to be honest. Uh, I mean, why why does that happen? What's going on with that? I don't really know. You look at I'm looking at other big games and I look at the home leg and equally quiet. You say, well, mm. Messi was quiet in certain games. Um, <clears throat> he's, you know, we rely so much upon him. I, I, I fully believe, you know, you talked about playing Giroud. Okay, we played someone we could bounce off. People said playing Hazard in, in a false position in the first leg, playing him out of position wasn't, wasn't the right idea and it didn't work and so on. So they play him in the right position and it didn't work because he didn't play. You know, Somewhere along the line, world-class players, if you played Lionel Messi, I do believe, or Cristiano Ronaldo, right-back or left-back, they will influence a game from that position in some capacity. And this is what world-class players do. If you played Zinedine Zidane at centre-half, he'd do a decent job you know, in his day. Things like that. World-class players will be world-class, because they are. And even as much as he, I believe he, he is, and he has world-class moments, and he has world-class days... Um, and certain days he is unplayable, but he's got to do it in the big games. And uh, you know, people will be looking at you know Belgium now. He's a you know English people won't, and I for one certainly won't. I hope he has a dismal summer. But never, uh, you know, <laughs> these are the sort of things that happen. Um, World class players have to turn up to be to be that player that they hope to be. Um, and I'm afraid at the moment, as much as I as you say, love him, the terminology you could use, and you know I use. Um, not quite there yet, uh, but it's not his fault. It's not an Eden Hazard slam. No, it's, no. it's the fact that it's the fact that what you want to be, and you know, 
we needed him to turn up and, and, and produce one of his great performances and it never happened I mean I, I think the, it's a really interesting thing it's really difficult actually I think to, to reflect on this game because you know, whatever we say, the reality is, you know, we lost 3-0, which is a thumping by anybody's standards. But I, I think, in a sense, it is mitigated by the fact that, you know, at least at least they gave it a go. They were on the front foot for most of that match. And I think there were periods, actually, Kerry, where they were the better side. And, and, it, and it just shows me, you know, the fine margins involved with football. You know, three, you could argue, four costly mistakes over the two legs uh and and yet we hit the hit the woodwork four times it could have it could have been very very different couldn't it well it could be you know you look back at these things and say it could be different it could be this it could have done that and so on united have some of them and all the top them have some of them as well you know all got out of europe this week um if it could have been maybe what if and yeah header and that header that shot yeah at the end of the day um a little cliches once again um, I don't think we were good enough over the two minutes yeah. in the better team. Uh, yeah. We did have good, we did, we did have good periods. Um, but they said that they bossed it for 65, 70 minutes down our place. Yeah. Um, generally overall. And yeah, once again, we had good moments, but I think the best team, uh, progressed over the two legs. And, uh, and I think it's, uh, arguably the same with the other two English clubs. And, you know, you've got to take chances in these games and slim margins. You can't afford to give away sloppy goals. And, and, and that's the difference. You might get one chance. You have to take it. Yeah. And the great sides, the sides over history. You know, you look at Liverpool. They say one nil to the Arsenal. They're, they're former great sides in the past, and and our great sides in the past. You know, you, you take your chance for the one nil. You only had one chance. Cool, they score one nil. It makes an uphill battle. You had one chance in the second leg. You take it. Two nil over two legs, and it was nothing in the games. Things like that. You have to do it. And. Uh, there you are. Um, we haven't done it. Um, I, I do. If I, look, if I'm being totally honest, I think we're falling short um, this season um, overall. And you know, I think this season, the way it's looking for us at the moment, and it, whether it's sad or whether it's otherwise, and I'm, I sincerely hope not, we will be where we are. And what I mean by that, we will end up in the league where we are over the course of this season. And if we're sixth. And we're the sixth best team. If we're fourth, we're the fourth best team. We're certainly not going to end up first, so we're not going to end up second. Maybe not third. Because we're not the second or third best side. We're certainly not the first. But we're somewhere in between four and six, mm. I think. And that's where we're going to be. And, you know, we talk about the Barcelona game. Well, they're going to be number one, two or three or four in the world, I think. You know, maybe the best in their country. Who knows? Um we're going to be the fourth, fifth, or sixth in our country, and and that's where we are. Mm. Well, and and that's very difficult to disagree with. I think I think just just picking up on, I, I think you know ultimately you know over a two-legged tie, invariably the better side does go through, and I think it would be hard even with our most blue-tinted specs on to say Chelsea were the better side over those two legs. I thought Frank Lampard was excellent uh, on BT Sport uh, after the game, and and I think Frank nailed it. I think he's becoming a very good pundit as well, actually, to be fair. But, you know, his point, I mean, he was very humble because basically said, he said, well, look, you know, ultimately the difference is the fact that we don't have a Costa this season. We don't have a Drogba this season. Somebody who, who would be clinical, who would get you that goal. 
Because I think, you know, what you're really saying is the difference between the two sides was that if we made a mistake, they were good enough and clinical enough to punish us. And when we were in the same position, we weren't. I think Frank was being very humble because, of course, the other difference from what we had in the old days, we also had a Frank Lampard to put a goal away when we needed one in a big game. Uh, You know, unlike Hazard, Frank and Drogba always turned up in those big games. And I think ultimately that was the difference, mate. We didn't have somebody who who could take our chances when we had them. Well, I could say that without being disrespectful or patting myself on the back, which it, it might sound like it, pretty much all season. Yeah. When, uh, when everyone was waxing lyrical about Morata's start to the season with 10 goals in so many games or whatever, well, he's still about 10 or 11 goals in, about six months on for whatever reason. And we were talking about Frank Lampard's missing midfield. I said the midfield players have to chip in. Yeah. Well, they have chipped in with their quotas, some of them. You know, it has a uh, goal tally is decent for that. William is up there as a goal tally, as a midfielder, chipping in. But they're not Frank Lampard 2025 20, goals. Um, and they're certainly not a, a Drogba, a Costa, or Jimmy Floyd, Asselbank, or anyone else for that matter beforehand, where they've got 30 goals, 25 goals. It it really is. We're, we're short in goals department. And I, and I think I said last week or the week before, you know, you, you look at the teams who are at the top. I mean, even Manchester United they went out as well. Lukaku, I think, has 25 goals and 20 certainly up there at this stage of the season. He's going to end up with 20, 20, 25, 30 goals. Aguero, 30-odd goals. Harry Kane, 30, 25, 30 goals. You know, and their midfielders are all chipping in as well with various amounts of goals. We haven't got it. We haven't had it this year. And, you know, Lukaku's got his goals, dare I say, without an awful lot of creativity. I'm looking at generally, you know, generally the way Jose is and Manchester United and so on. But it's, it's not a look at them. Chelsea fundamentally needed someone this year to score a goal. We bought Morata. Well, it's been a season-long slap for Morata for me. Um, you know, I wonder what uh, Antonio Conte is actually thinking now for, for for picking Giroud ahead of him. I mean, he, I mean, I I was one that said let's have a go for it, and I, I still think there's a bit of hope in that in in that situation with Giroud. Be not a long-term answer for us. Um, but certainly, he was a decent addition. And I still think that you know he hasn't really had all the games. He shoved in on a game like that um, and expected to do it. Well, I wasn't expecting miracles. Um, but Morata needs to improve. He might do in his second season in the Premier League. He's going to have to, you know, be more streetwise, be aware that he's going to get smacked about. He's not, you know, if he's injured or injury prone, and never ever going to get his his thirty goal tally, which is expected of a top line centre forward. Um, Chelsea need to find improvement and we need to finish the best we can. And I, and I see the, the Leicester game and the FA Cup, I still think we're capable, even though I say we're fourth, fifth or sixth. Well, the top side in this country has gone out and we are in amongst it on the day. And we can be, we can produce a second um, a runner-up performance on the day. Uh, certainly in cup competitions, we could be the second best team in the country on certain, on certain days. So, you know, I hope we win the FA Cup and I'd see a good opportunity for us to Beat a side which is which is invariably invariably this you know in, in seasons apart from their title winning season a, a mid table side, um so I see us, I see us with an opportunity against Leicester, but next season um I mean we the players the fans and everyone else uh, have, have looked at Chelsea, and a month ago we said about season could be over well it, it you know the season in terms of trophies could be over on dare I say on on, on Sunday evening but. Hopefully not. Um, but it's been a learning curve <clears throat> for me for a lot of players who've come in 
and they need to improve. We need to get better. Um, the team needs to get better, and hopefully they'd learn from this season. I think lots of people started the season as if, it, as if it's going to be a stroll, and the results suggested that. The home, home game against Burnley set the tone, and that has been the tone. Win some, lose some, poor performance, great performance, brilliant goals, no goals, go missing, bits of everything this season. Mm. And uh, we need three... I oh, know I'm rambling a bit. We no, need no, three. Um, we, we need three um, performances, hopefully all in the FA Cup, um, to cement our uh, claims for a trophy this season. Mm. Um, you know, it's... That, that, that's where we are. Yeah, I may. It's, no, you weren't rambling at all. It was fascinating listening to you, to you actually, just having the bigger picture for a second actually, and it kind of made me made me think of a a question that we really should ask. I mean, I know that I know that some of them the players actually did emerge with some credit uh, against Barcelona, William Cante and Alonso, I think in particular. But you know, overriding all of that, and and ultimately, you know, however we dress it up, it, it was really disappointing to go out of the Champions League at the round of sixteen. You know, given given how well we've done in that competition over the last fifteen years, it, it is ultimately disappointing, and it kind of made me think. You know, how far are we away, or how how far away are we from competing in the Champions League? You know, going forward, because I, I had a I had a pretty grim feeling that I think that we might be quite a way away from it. Well, it was interesting. Uh, you know, you, we're, we're not the only ones looking, and you take a look at the bigger picture, and. Uh, <coughs> Mr. Abramovich, who is the owner of the club, uh, come to watch the game last week um, at home um, to see what it was all about. He hasn't been too many times. He's obviously been very busy. But he needed to have a little look himself, bearing in mind he will be taking an overview of what's expected of his club um, in the summer and what's expected, um, by and large, um, towards the end of the season. And, and he come and had a look at the, a look at the game um, just to see what it's all about. And it'll be interesting, uh, as we say, we'll never know, but uh, certain signs in the summer and certain situations in the summer will be borne out by um, what he's seeing, what he's hearing, what he's talking, being talked about and so on. And, you know, things can change in the summer. I don't doubt there will be changes. Personnel will be brought in. Some will be gone. Um, and, and that's the way it is. Um, I'm not talking about the manager now. I'm, not, I'm just talking about, you know, we need to improve and having, you know, Having seen us uh, over the season, and Mr. Bramley would have, you know, he'd have watched most games, no doubt, from wherever he was, and just to see, it's not just the fact he turns up at the games; he, he watches every game. But he, he, he ultimately is the man, along with the the people within the board and, and the management, uh, who will make decisions for the summer. And and Chelsea will, will need to improve, um, and I think we need to improve, not dramatically, but three or four players who are going to actually affect something. And the decision-making has to be good and it has to be spot on. And I'm not talking about getting a player who's never proven. I'm getting a proven, you need a proven goal scorer. You look at the history of players who scored goals whoever they play and you go and buy them. You know, when when United bought Lukaku, he's not their problem. The service is the problem and the way Jones plays football and plays negative stuff. We know that, you know. Um, but you, you, you've got to get players who, who are capable of scoring these goals and, or, or, you know, one world-class player can, can add, but you still need people. Fundamentally, when you bring your CV to the table, you've got to bring, you've got to be looking at someone with 30 goals or 25 goals, pretty much regular. You've got to be looking for a midfield player with goals in him or creativity, you know, or a bit of both. And then you sort of put your team together. Not a case of throw anyone in anywhere and hope. Um, it has happened. 
But look at look at the teams that won the leagues. Um, when 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 they win the leagues, uh, well, Jamie Vardy he, he scored about thirty odd goals. They had Mares scoring goals, everyone scoring goals, and Leicester won it. Every team has a, a top goal scorer. When when we had it, you've already mentioned Didier Drogba. You mentioned Frank Lampard. You know, goals win games. You know, negativity is not going to win nothing. You're not going to go through the season being a, a, a great defensive side. You've got to be able to go and score and win games uh, to win trophies. And, you know, offensive play is the hardest thing in football. The reason that forwards and midfield players, and I know I'm one and I was one and, and so on, get paid the most money and they're the most excited because they're the ones that everyone wants to watch. They want to watch goals. They want to watch creativity. Negativity is easy to coach. You know, everyone can go out there and, as I say, park the bus to a degree. And there's a little bit of a proper joke there, but, you know, negativity is born out of a, out of a playground. How to stop and be destructive is much more easier to be, you know, in terms of what the stats running around, tackles made and, and sweat, than creativity, being able to pinpoint a pass, being able to put a ball in the bottom corner. You can't coach that. You know, you can't make that. And we've got to get people with it on their CV in the team. And uh, that's where we're lacking at the moment. Mm. Um, we've got certain areas that, that, that the CV fits and certain areas that we're trying to make square pegs into round holes, I feel. Mm. Okay, well, so it's interesting to hear your views on that, Kerry. Uh, I have to say I agree with all of that. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, we should really talk about the Leicester game, but before we do that, uh, I just want to give a plug out for uh, our new radio show. Hugely exciting. We will be getting carry on at some stage. I keep promising him. Um, but it's basically every Friday for two hours between 7 o'clock and 9pm and uh, it's usually me plus Jonathan Kidd, your favourite lovely Jonathan Kidd and one, one other. Tonight it'll be Clayton Beerman and uh, we, are, we are corralled and bossed around by the long-suffering Aaron Paul who does a lovely job 
uh, and uh, we talk all things Chelsea. I mean, you know, tonight, for example, we'll be looking back on the Barcelona game and, of course, uh, looking ahead to the, the Leicester game. We'll be picking up on what happens in the press conference. We'll have Liam Toomey on the phone. And then to wrap it all up, we've got a an interview with the wonderful Frank, Frank Sinclair, who will also be talking about uh, the Leicester game, of course. Uh, the best thing about the show, though, um, is that you can actually phone in and join in the debate, which is what it's all about as far as I'm concerned. So all you have to do is phone 0208 7020 and, uh, and then you'll hopefully get through and we can have a chat with you live on the show. It's easy to get hold of. It's on uh, on the AM wave band, something I thought I'd never say again, which is 558 AM. And it's on, uh, all of, it's on DAB, Digital Radio. And of course, you can just get it by uh, going to lovesportradio.com or you can get it on an app, which is on Radio Player or TuneIn. You can listen to it wherever you are in the world. It's You know, you don't have to be in London. We had uh, a mate of mine from California ringing us up last Friday, so uh, I know that they can hear it out there. So it's great fun. So check it out every Friday, 7 o'clock to 9, uh, on Love Sport Radio. So there we go. Uh, right, Kerry, time for us to talk about the Leicester game. Uh I mean, the thing is, I mean, the first thing I think that Conte needs to do really is to try and pick his side up after the disappointment of uh, going out of the Champions League. I mean, how, how's he going to do that? Yeah, I mean, people, you know, we, we look at the roles of managers and they do have to pick the side up. And, you know, but, but players have to do these things themselves. I, you know, there has to be some drive and some desire in, in the players. It, you know, you talk about management role, and time and time again, I, I, I do believe. I, the, the managers can only do so much. I, I think they can hinder as much as they can help. You know, they do have to pick up. They have to make training entertaining. They have to make it a fun ship. They have to make it a happy camp. They have to make it worthwhile and, and, and make get their point across within the realms of buoyancy, if you like. You, you know, trying to, when everyone's damp and down and it's a, it's a, it's a, a poor training session and stuff like that, um, and, and you get this; it makes it that little bit harder. You've got to, when you try and lift players, you you've got to make it a happier, smiling camp. And uh, it's, you know, it's very hard. This is what people say: lift the management's got to lift people. Um, players get over games. You know, they get over defeats. It's part and parcel of what they do year in, year out. You know, you, no one wins every game, and you you have shocks, and you have bigger shocks, and you have change of managers. You have to go into training most days and you, you, you've got to get up for it and you've got to be preparing yourself for the games. And this is what they do. And you might go through seven, six, seven, eight managers a, uh, during your career, but you've still got to get up and produce your own performances and, and, and set your standards. And the players have to do that themselves. And I wouldn't be looking just to the management to pick up the players. I'll be, I'll be looking at the players saying, I want to get in this side because there's a chance of an FA Cup appearance at Wembley, two games away. And I want to be playing, finish the season strong, so I'm going to the summer with a view to coming back next year and being part of a side that might be looking to build and challenge for the Champions League or, or, or the Premiership. You know, these are the things that players have to be doing. Not, oh, I'm sorry, oh, we went out against Barcelona, oh, it's very hard to get over the disappointment. Come on, you're professional footballers, you owe it to supporters and players and yourselves to get out and produce a performance. And, you know, they'll get over it. Conte should go in there, take training, say, right, it's behind us now. We're not going to dwell on it. Leicester City, this is what we're doing. And, and, and put on a couple of decent training sessions and get the lads ready for it. I mean, I'm not saying it's an art, but I would think anyone with any nous about them would be able to do that. 
Yeah, absolutely right. That's exact. I think you should do the team talk on Sunday, Kerry, and say exactly <laughs> the same thing, mate. Um, of course, the th- the thing. I mean, you know, you you know as well as I do. Chelsea supporters in particular absolutely love the FA Cup and and we also love winning it. We've been so lucky to see the side win it so frequently over the last few years, having had such a drought for for many more before that. Um, So I I wonder, you know, A, how seriously Conte is going to take that, by which I mean, you know, do you expect him to make many changes in the side? I mean, is is it possible we might see Caballero, Cahill, Drinkwater, Emerson, or, or do you think he'll pick much the same side as we saw uh, on Wednesday, which I think is our strongest side, and, and, and actually try and go and win the damn thing? Well, you know, you talk about strongest side, and if it's a strong, I think the strongest side, if that indeed is the strongest side, uh, actually failed um, failed to fire. Um, the 11 on the day can be chosen, I, I feel, from Chelsea's squad of about 18 players. Mm. It could be any one of about 18 um, who could go in there. I don't think we've got a natural 11. I don't think that stand out. I don't think that, you know, I, I think we can put in anyone, any three from five centre-backs. I, you know, I really do. Uh, who's to say David Luiz or, or Gary Cale can't be in a decent side? They've both been there before. Um, they might they might well add to it. Who, who's to say that drink water is any better or worse than, say, a Fabregas or a Kante? Kante's been pretty much steady. Uh, you know, he's pretty much a mainstay. The comparison might be wrong there, but... You know, who's to say that Danny Pickford, who's in England international, looking forward to go to the World Cup, whether he does or he doesn't, couldn't produce a performance against his old club, Leicester? Well, you know, I don't see that as a downer. Um, best side bunch is Zappa uh, Costa. You know, who's to say anyone's any better? Everyone's got their own choices, but there isn't an awful lot. There's only Hazard who would be, and, and William at the moment, who, who would pick himself. It'd be a Maratta or a Giroud, or, you know, it could even be a Pedro. And all of them have, have, have played well at times. The, the consistency levels haven't been high, um, has it at the start. But I, I, I wouldn't say our best eleven. But I think an eleven from Chelsea, with desire and, and drive and a bit of heart, and turning up for the big games, as they say. And this is a big game, whether people want to say about it or otherwise. Um, the hype of the Premier League is what it is. To finish fifth or sixth in the Premier League or win an FA Cup, well, I wouldn't be one if I was a player looking at uh, fifth or sixth in the Premier League or an FA Cup. Um, it might sound like a glory hunter or, or whatever, but I'd want to win an FA Cup. Mm. And, you know, the people with the shares and the stocks and all the rest of it, um, like Arsenal fans or, or certain people at Arsenal, would say fourth in the Premier League because we get more money and the shares go up and the games and gave the season for the next season. Well, fine. We'll go and win the FA Cup and you've got half a chance. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I picked the FA Cup, but listen, people have got different ideas about things. I say at the start of every season, you're in four trophies. And the idea of being in them, you want to win them. And certain comp- competitions require more. Certain competitions, whatever less is, I don't know, require a little bit, a little bit less. But at the end of the day, if you win a trophy out of the four, and with the teams that are in all these competitions, it's going to be um, a, a well-done campaign. And you know, Chelsea have got one left. Let's go and win the thing. Too right, mate. I mean, look, in, in twenty years' time. None of us will remember whether we finished third, fourth, fifth or sixth, but we will remember if we won the FA Cup. Simple as. Quite right. Um, and it ain't going to be easy, mate. I've got to be honest. I, I, I think Leicester are, are, are not a bad side at all. I think I think Claude Puel's come in and he's done a good job. Uh, they're actually unbeaten at home since December the 13th. Uh, they're eighth in the table. 
Uh, we drew nil-nil with them at home in January, and of course we won two-one up there in September. But you know, with Vardy on form and Mares kind of got his head right and, and looking the player that he is, it's not going to be easy, is it? No, it's not. They've got some uh, other good players, you know. I think Harry at the back is, mm. you know, whether it's Morata or Giroud or what he plays up there, he's going to be uh, no pushover. Um, and, and, and you know, they, they've got decent players. And that one thing I have got, they've got a wonderful atmosphere there, mm. and it's going to be noisy and vocal, and they're definitely in it. I mean, this is the sort of competition that Leicester would be looking to win. You know, to get to a quarter final up with a home tie, it doesn't matter who you get. They know it's going to be a tough game. And from their perspective, they're going to be thinking they can win this game. Chelsea got beat at Barca, might be a bit down, catch them. We start off sprightly and, and get a goal, things like that, put them on the back foot and the crowd are behind. Look, this is a tough game for us. Um, but you wouldn't expect it any different in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup. Uh, you don't expect easy games. Whoever's playing with them are going to get a tough game. You know, it, uh, it, 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 it's one of them situations. Desire now takes over as well as ability. And if, if both teams have the same desire and drive, Chelsea have generally, I believe, more ability and, and will win. And I've said this numerous times, will win on the day. Um, but they've got to show that. Chelsea have shown on t- too many occasions they can throw in a Burnley, a Palace, a West Ham, or you know, a, a Watford, a Bournemouth. We, we, we've, we've, too many times we can throw them in. And everyone looks at this and blame the manager and turn all the merry-go-round starts again. But, you know, the players, I've said it time and time again, management and the players, when you, when you and the club and the supporters, when you take to the field to, for a game, everyone's in it. Um, but ultimately, when you cross the line, it's the players that have got to do it one way or another. The manager crowd surfing or sliding up and down the line, waving his arm, bringing in the plane, shouting his head off. Is it going to affect too much how a player plays? It looks all right for the cameras. He's got passion and all the rest of it and the pundits and the, and the hacks all, ju- all jump on that and say, well, yeah, I like him. He's got passion. He wants to win. Well, every manager wants to win. Um, I, I don't know. Claude Puel's done a good job. Antonio Conte hasn't, uh, so they say, this season. Well, in that case, Leicester should win the game. But it's not going to be like that. Mm. Because we've got 11 players who are better than them and we'll, we should win the game. I think you, you you kind of nailed it again there, mate. I think ultimately it's about desire and uh, and and also ability, of course, as you also said. And I think against Barcelona, we actually did show desire there, and and I think that's the positive that we take away from that match. But ultimately, you know, Barcelona, Messi in particular, have more ability, and 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 I think you know we have really got to start on the front foot on Sunday, you know, because I, I think Leicester will be well up for it. They've not got to a semi-final in an FA Cup since 1982, so they'll see this as a huge chance. So we've got to be bang on it from the first minute. But I think the other key thing is that, you know, to kind of go back to where we started this show, our big players have got to turn up. This is a big match. So, you know, Hazard has got to perform at his best. And I think if if the Hazards and the Cantes and the Williams and the, dare I say it, the Courtois play at their best, we will win this match. Well, hopefully Courtois won't have to play at his best because um, you wouldn't have an awful lot to do. That's the idea. Well, indeed. But, um, you know, but if indeed, as I say, the maximum is that your offensive players perform and your defensive players don't make any mistakes, you're in with a very good chance. I, I really do believe that we are capable and we should win the game. Um, but having said that, I think that uh, Leicester, Leicester on a maximum and Chelsea on a on one of them, given poorer shows that we've already I've already described, like a Burnley or a 
Palace or a Watford or any of them are, are well capable of going out of the competition. So we have to we have to be on a on our game, and you know we have to be performing. And quite right, the start is important because it does set the tone. Mm. And I always used to say that you know you win your first header, make your first layoff a, 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 or your first pass a good one, make your first shot and on target. You know, not a wild one where you set a poor tone and you know start doing things slack and slackness creeps in. And three or four times you do the right thing, do the right thing, keep doing the right thing, good pass. All of a sudden you're having a good game. You haven't given the ball away. You have, people start picking up on things and you, you win winning every header. You shot every time you get shot on target. One might fly in the net. All things like this. You know, start positively. Start right. Do the right thing early on, and 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 the games progress and and you get better. You know, some games you might go on and have a nine, ten out of ten. Mm. Who knows? So how's it going to go then, mate? Chelsea two one. I'm mm. relatively confident. Good. Um, I, 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 I I am. You know, my confidence sometimes is with misplaced this season because I didn't see um, some of the performances um, thrown in coming. You know, I have to be honest. I, you know, I've said this before. We should go and beat Palace and we, get, we end up getting done because a team that hasn't got a point. We, we, no, things like that. Uh, I didn't see Watford and Bournemouth coming either recently. Um, but now I know that we're capable of it. I, I, I still maintain, and I have to say, I've seen enough of Chelsea... Um, you know something about Chelsea when you see them, you, you sort of know what you're going to get. But the players and the people who watch regularly, you sort of know. And it is that offensive deficiency we have at the moment, which is which is costing us a lot. I know everyone looks at the young slip and the defensive mistakes, and but by and large, over the season, we haven't been defensively poor. We've been generally okay. We haven't been the greatest defence, but we're not we're not a bad defensive outfit. Offensively, we're we're not at the races. We, we, we're about you know, in the stats, I don't know, but six between six and ten, I would say, offensively. You look at the front six and goals in terms of goals and teams. Uh, it'd be interesting what the comparisons would be. But Chelsea, when I look at their goal score in 15, say 13, 11, and you look at even the table sides, uh, they, they've probably got players who score more goals than that. I don't know, but we'll see. Offensively is where we have a problem. And we need, uh, as I say, Eden Hazard and William, people like that more than ever. Well, let's hope you're right. I mean, personally, I have no idea. So I'm going to agree with you and say 2-1. But I think either way, it's going to be, I think it's going to be quite nervy and we're going to be on tenterhooks because I think actually the reality is I think it really means something to the supporters. You know, I, I for one, would love another trip to Wembley. I, for one, would love to win another FA Cup. And I think if we do, it'll make up for a lot of the you know, the issues that we've we've had to suffer this season. So I'm going to be well up for it on Sunday. I know you will be too. Uh, and, of course, you and I will be back next Thursday to, to talk about it and uh, also look forward to uh, an international break, I believe. So, you know, <laughs> just as we get going, they take it away from us. But we'll, we'll be back next week, as always. Kerry, have a fantastic weekend, mate. And, as always, thanks for doing this. We, uh, we, love, we love having you on the show. All right, mate. Thanks very much. No problem. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. 
Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.